We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I'll be your host on this Sunday, June fifth. Um, OTAs are kicking off and um, mandatory OTAs coming up here real soon. And football is back in Green Bay. We we're done with the draft. We're done with free agency. The roster, the 90 man roster for the most part is set. Um, lots of activity going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin football related and, um, but not a whole lot of, um, I guess, uh, I, Mike and Gage, I, I don't know what the right word is. Like, maybe captivating. We're still in, we're in summer right now. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm enjoying the nice weather. I'm outside. I'm not on the internet as much. I know things are going on. I mean, I only, I live a mile from the stadium. So I know there's things constantly going on over there, which also, by the way, makes me especially qualified to talk on the Packers. I've been told by Twitter because I live within a mile and a half of the stadium. Um, but, that's neither here nor there. I know things are going on, but, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of news right now other than what you've been seeing, you know, from, from OTAs. So, uh, Gage, Mike, we, uh, we thought it might be fun. I know there was an article out there about the, um, uh, what specifically was it was the, what most underrated or, uh, least talked about, uh, under 25 in the NFL right now for players and, uh, we were all commenting that uh, Jair Alexander not on that list, which is interesting to say the least. So uh, we thought it might be fun to take a little bit of our own approach with this and just talk about five players um, on the Packers roster right now who are 25 or under that maybe aren't getting the type of recognition we feel like they deserve. So uh, we've got a list of five guys here for the Packers that – um, some of them you probably know. There's a few on here that you may not be too familiar with. Um, but we're going to start on the offensive line gauge. Uh, John Runyon, guard. He's only 24 years old. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, he's, he's had his, he's had his times on the field, but, um, 
do you see John Runyon being a major contributor this year? And uh, what is it about Runyon that obviously puts him on this list of somebody that, you know, people may have heard of him, but don't necessarily know a whole lot about him. Uh, and, and what value does he bring to this Packers roster? Should he make the 53 man roster in August? So first it was the list that came out was put out by pro football network. It was their list of the 25 best players, 25 or under uh, pro football focus. had done a, had done a separate article uh, about, Two weeks before that one came out, uh, I was right near the end of uh, May, right in the middle of May, that said it was 25 players that were not 20, or they had to be under 25 before the season started. So guys like AJ Brown, Kyler Murray, who turned 25 over the summer, they didn't qualify. Pro Football Network gave you that that extension that you just had to be 25 or younger, like by like by the time the season started. So that includes guys like Jair, who doesn't turn 26 until February of next year. Somehow he didn't get. Uh, an honorable mention on the list um there were there were other guys that play in the secondary that got honorable mentions that i don't think should have been there darnell savage was the one packer that was mentioned in any capacity as an honorable mention player um it didn't make a ton of sense to me i don't understand how jair can be the best defensive back in that room and not even get mentioned and we could do an entire podcast about the travesty of him and gary not even being written about in the article we could do an entire hour of that but we're not doing that today anyway john runyon john runyon is extremely valuable to this packers organization he started 16 of 17 games last season i think that he is a guy that he has a ton of value because he is only 24 he'll turn 25 here in uh, august and he, but ever since he's come to Green Bay in both seasons, it's like he's been in, he was a spot guy in his first season, looked fine then. And then last year he played 94% of the snaps. That's a pretty damn big amount. And he was never the problem. I think that that is a key thing when you're a offensive lineman, especially when you're not the day one starter. Your job isn't to be the best. Your job is to be fine serviceable net if you're not noticed that's a good thing that means that you're doing your job and that's what john running did every week he went in he played his spot and he made it to where you didn't notice that you were missing because because he was taking the spot of elton jenkins because elton jenkins was obviously out at left tackle because david bakhtiari is not back but you didn't really you were never concerned about john runyon being there it obviously helped to have elton next to him but even when elton was out Running still held his own there. He's a he's a strong run blocker. Uh, he which that makes a lot of sense because he's six he's six four, so he's got good height. But uh, he is not he doesn't have the longest arms. He but he knows how to really do well to get off of his initial block and move up to the second level when that's when that's the type of play that's called up the middle. He's got good mobility and ability to pull. Um, the reason that he's good, though, is he's not played just left guard. He's played left guard, right guard, and I could have sworn that at some point or another he played some spot snaps at center. Also, can you guys in two seasons, a total of 1,213 regular season snaps, how many times has he been flagged? For anything? Ever. Just any penalty at any time. He's How many times has he been flagged? I'm going to guess the stat's got to be under five since you're throwing it out there. I'm saying three. It is one. And it was not even – it wasn't a holding. It wasn't a false start. 
I'll start. And it wasn't, and it wasn't a penalty that was declined or offset by an opposing penalty. It doesn't even tell me. I have to look it up. So it's either a roughing call or it was ineligible downfield. That's what he was called for. In the fourth quarter, it was actually it was in the the fourth quarter of the championship game. It looks like yep, fourth quarter of the championship game was when he that was his lone flag was when he was flagged for ineligible man downfield. So we have a guy here that shows up, does his job, doesn't get any flags, doesn't put the offense back. What else can you want for him at this point? Yeah, well, it's it's a great point there, Gage and Mike. I mean, we talk. Gage made a really great point, and I think it's one of those things that it's it, it seems counterintuitive in football in the sense that you know, offensive line, as Gage said, if you if if I don't know who you are, that may be that may not necessarily be a bad thing. Um, especially when you're somebody that's maybe filling in in a particular role. Um, you know, if you're an offensive lineman and I don't know you and I don't hear your name called, that's usually because you're doing a really good job. And John Runyon really fits that role of just doing his job, showing up. And, and I mean, that's an amazing stat. One flag over a couple thousand snaps, it sounds like, something like that. Or just over a thousand snaps. I mean, that's, that's an incredible about, it's about stat. 13, it's about 1300 snaps or so is about where he's at. 1300 snaps. And I mean, that's, that's an incredible stat, Mike, when we, when we think about that. So, I mean, John Runyon, obviously flying under the radar, but at, with the positions that he plays, maybe not necessarily a bad thing. No, not in the slightest. And you guys made the point. If you don't know an offensive lineman's name, that's a good thing. I mean, just have, ask the average fan, not diehards, the average fan, name name the offensive line from Super Bowl 45, or name the lineman from Super Bowl 31 for those fans a little bit older. You probably can't remember all of them. You don't remember Bruce Wilkerson, or Earl Dotson, or Adam Timmerman, or moving forward, Darren College, playing at left guard, uh, a rookie named Brian Bulaga, Scotty Wells. You need those steady Eddie guys who are going to come in, not make mistakes, be solid, and they're not going to hurt the team. When you look at uh, the recent first-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys, the guy from Tulsa, I think he had 21 penalties just last year in college football, and he was a first-round pick. Running has one penalty and an eligible downfield in two years. He is as solid and as rock-steady as you're going to find, and that is a huge, huge benefit to a team that still might be unsettled at left tackle depending on w- what the recovery looks like when training camp comes around for David Bakhtiari and when Elton Jenkins comes back. That kind of that kind of steady play is beyond valuable. If he can hold on that left guard spot and become that guy for a decade where he doesn't make mistakes and doesn't cost the team yards in huge huge moments, that's big. And if they can find the record next to him, whether it's Newman or Sean Ryan or whoever, even better. But you need those guys who are just going to come in, be the blue-collar guys, do the work, won't get the recognition, probably won't be making Pro Bowls or top 100 lists or all pro teams. But guys like that are what creates winning championship pro, uh, programs. And Runyon, I think, is going to be a huge part of that. He was a steal as a day three pick a couple years ago. And uh, we said it that year that that was a spectacular pick. And he was going to be a guy who was going to make the team and be effective. And he has been. So he's a guy where I hope he gets talked about more because he is going to be a guy you're going to be seeing that number 76 in the, at that left guard spot for a long, long time to come. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. John Runyon, offensive line, 24 years old right now. Um, very valuable to this Packers team, whether he's starting or filling a backup role. He's uh, definitely a guy that uh, to keep an eye on this year, uh, especially if injuries come around. But uh, this next one uh, is someone that we're probably all going to be keeping a very close eye on through the preseason um, and even into the beginning of the start of the season, depending on uh, recovery time for another ACL injury of Robert Tunyon. Uh, Tyler Davis, tight end. Um, He's uh, 25 years old, and he may be, as Gage pointed out to uh, Mike and I before the uh, before the show started, that he may be tight end number one to start the year, depending on Tunyon's uh, recovery process. And it's the tight end room has been uh, a spot that, outside of Robert Tunyon, the last couple of years has been kind of up and down. Um, it's not the most solidified position on the roster, Mike. Uh, and Tyler Davis, when we look at him, 25, I know everybody's been really high on him through the offseason here. Um, so, I mean, looking at Tyler Davis, he could be an impact player. And if he can really grow and develop with Aaron 
in the beginning of the season, you may have a dual tight end threat come the, the, the stretch run of the season with Tyler Davis and Robert Tunyon when he's back and healthy and ready to be able to go. No, I, that's absolutely right. I really like Tyler Davis. I liked, I like his size 6'4", 252. I remember when I was at the Bears game last year in Lambeau, he kind of showed out just from watching from the crowd. He was constantly, he was, seemed like he was getting open consistently. He was able to really run pretty smoothly for a guy his size. Showed really good hands. And, and he's a guy where Matt LaFleur's talked a lot about him and he seems to be really, really high on him. And, and a player like that, especially as we wait for Tunyon to come back, how well he's going to be when he returns in a contract year again. Davis, as one of those underrated tight end type players, could be a valuable player, especially because he's going to be a true inline tight end with his size. Again, 6'4", 250. He's not going to be an H-back. He's not going to be one of those slot guys. He's going to be a pure tight end, and those type of players are becoming more and more rare. And if he can kind of take that kind of role, whether it be like a Colby Fleener type role when he was in Indy, as Gage probably saw him enough over for the Colts, that type of role could be very prevalent. I think it could be very useful in a Shanahan LeFleur style offense. And if he can be tight end one and produce right away, that lightens the load for Tunyon, for Mercedes Lewis, for DeGuara to play more of his specialized roles in H-back. So Davis, I think, could be a very valuable piece of the team if he develops like the coaching staff thinks he can. Engage Tyler Davis here. He's the oldest one on our list here. Uh, just at the top of the uh, top of the end of what qualifies, 25 years old. Um, you know, he's he's had his moments here and there uh, with the Packers at least this past season. But uh, I feel like he's poised to play a bigger role at least at the start of the season for Green Bay with Robert Tunyon being injured and unknown when he'll come uh, back from that ACL injury. Yeah, he'll absolutely challenge for snaps uh, earlier in the year um, with Tunyon still not back. Uh, that I, I would be surprised if Tunyon is back to start the season. I would more expect him to be back a little later on, probably going to start the year on the pup list. But Tyler Davis is a guy that we've heard uh, rumblings about throughout the last couple of years since he's been in, uh, since he's been in Green Bay. Just, oh, this is a guy to watch out for. I know that the coaching staff has talked him up at one point or another. He's a guy that, yeah, he's on the older side, but also you have to factor in kind of where he started. He was a fresh, he was a quarterback for his first two years at UConn. He was a, he redshirted his freshman year, and then his second year he was a quarterback. He had Six catches, or he played, he had 11 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown, so he was listed as a quarterback, but doing a little bit of other stuff. He was a wide receiver his third year, and then it wasn't until his fourth season that he finally became a tight end. That fourth season was also, coincidentally, his most productive. He had 22 catches, 237 yards, caught six touchdowns. For those of you that don't want to do the math at home, that's over a 25% touchdown rate. So that meant every four balls or so he was catching, he was scoring. So... I think that Tyler Davis is a guy that he plays a position that Green Bay has had a lot of kind of turnover, hasn't had anybody really seize their opportunity there. I know Tanya kind of has, but they haven't had a go-to tight end. And I'm not saying that Tyler Davis is going to be that guy, but at 6'4", 250, as Mike pointed out, there's a lot of size to like there. They're just go be big, be bigger than the guy guarding you, and Aaron Rodgers is going to put the ball in your hands. That's that's the way it's always been. As long as you can get open – and catch the ball when it's thrown your way, Rodgers has no problem throwing to you. Everyone always says, oh, well, Rodgers doesn't trust young guys or he doesn't trust rookies. No, he doesn't trust people that don't catch the damn ball. 
if you catch the ball and you can prove from day one that you're going to be a safe person, a safe target, and you're going to catch the ball, he's going to have no problem throwing to you. That's all it takes. So if Tyler Davis can do that, he absolutely could be a guy that makes an impact early in the season. And if he is able to build on that, even into the later part of the year. And if you can have, we all know that LaFleur likes to have multiple tight end sets. And if you can be able to throw all these different looks at defenses, cause you have multiple tight ends that can catch the ball. You don't necessarily need to load up on wide receiver as much. We saw Cleveland go to the playoffs two years ago by riding big tight end sets and green Bay doesn't have Nick Chubb and, Kareem Hunt, but they do have Aaron Rodgers, which makes it a lot easier for your running backs to do their job. So, and also Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon aren't exactly a uh, a bad duo to uh, a bad constellation prize. So, yeah, well, Tyler Davis definitely has a lot of opportunity in front of him uh, coming up. At least to start the season, he'll he'll definitely be given the opportunity to make an impact for this Packers team. Uh, next on our list here uh, is. Moving over to the running back position, Patrick Taylor, 24. Uh, we saw most of him as the kind of third guy in the rotation after Kylan Hill also tore his ACL. Lots of ACL tears last year, it feels like. And, um, we need to, we need to move past that as an organization. Let's just get those ACL tears, um, over and done with. But, uh, Patrick Taylor, uh, Mike, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, you know, obviously the, the two big guys, uh, that everybody knows, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then at, for at least the first couple of weeks until he tore his ACL, Kylan Hill was kind of that. He was the big name that I remember hearing last year in in training camp out of the running back room was Kylan Hill. But um, Patrick Taylor, talk to us about him. You know, 24 years old, still pretty young for a running back. But at the, at the same time, you know, running backs probably don't last very long in the league. So what do we know about Patrick Taylor? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Like I say, Taylor, a big power guy. Look at his, look at his teammates when he was his last year at Memphis in 2019. He was, he came in season as a starter, got hurt. Kenny Gainwell, Antonio Gibson, and him. And he was the starter. Patrick Taylor, with all of his size and his ability, and he, and he also showed he can return kicks, at least can, he'll, he can catch a kick, which is, in the Packers' wording, is a big time positive, just you can catch the ball. But Taylor, as a third back is going to be a guy who you can rely on. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to be costing the team problems. And, and he showed that he's got the talent. It's just injuries kind of wrecked his final year in college. And he's a guy where I think if you give the opportunity, he can run with it. I really do. And the fact that they, that Memphis viewed him high enough and then the Packers kept him around. He misses entire rookie year with injury, still recovering from that injury in college shows that they think high of him as well. And so I, th- I think he's a guy where they, and with his style, they may keep four running backs. So it, they, they could keep him around even when Kylan Hill comes back and have that kind of balance, the two really speedier guys in Hill and Jones. And then Dylan and Taylor can, can work off each other. Cause especially you look at last year when Dylan went out in the playoff game, that was bad. They had no other options. And if Taylor can maybe step up and become that third guy, he can take that role that Dylan had. In case age were to go down again, and so that to me that makes him extremely valuable. Yeah, well, engage. Uh, interestingly enough, I mean, Green Bay, you know, with their roster, we obviously know Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, going to be on the roster. Um, 
Kylan Hill, I know people were high on him last year until he tore his ACL. Um, you know, do you see Green Bay Gage keeping four running backs, or is this going to come down to where we know we've got two, and Patrick Taylor and Kylan Hill are going to be battling it out in the preseason uh, for that third running back spot? What do you see Green Bay doing? And if it is where there's only going to be one or the other, um, what do you think of Patrick Taylor's chances of landing and solidifying that third running back spot? I mean, I think that they would probably keep they would only keep three and then uh, whichever one they would cut, they would try and bring back to the practice squad. I don't think that they would, I don't see them keeping four. I just don't think that that's the type of offense they're trying to run. As Mike pointed out, Patrick Taylor has a strong pedigree. He was the leading guy at a Memphis backfield that featured multiple future NFL players. He big, he's big, strong athlete, six three, two twenty three, So he's got good size. Uh, he ran well when he was in college there's there's a lot to like about Patrick Taylor, and simply put, availability is a pretty good ability for him to have. Uh, if Kylan Hill is not ready to go for training camp or is not ready to go for the start of the season, I would Patrick Taylor is going to be the guy. You're not going to because Kylan Hill. I don't know if he's like I think Kylan Hill is the better player, but I also have to factor in he's not available to play and I need guys that are ready to go and so I would rather so if that means that I'm gonna have to use a roster spot on Kylan Hill versus a roster spot on guys at other positions that maybe I don't have as like the near the talent at the top of it then that's probably what I would rather do like if it means I keep an extra wide receiver over keeping four running backs but all the wide receivers I'm keeping are either going to be gunners on special teams they're going to return punts and kicks they're going to get into the offense i'm probably going to keep those guys over keeping the extra running back well it'll definitely be interesting just another battle throughout camp that uh while we may or may not see depending on on how healthy kylan hill is but patrick taylor only 24 years old definitely interesting going into the season to see where he'll end up with this packers roster um next one i will be very honest uh don't know much about him at all but um Innis Gaines safety 23 uh Gage um it's you know he's not going to be a starting uh duo safety cuz we already have that pretty much with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage but um where does Gaines fit in with this secondary why why are we so high on him at 23 um I I know Vernon Scott has been a late round pick that um, he seems to always be inactive, but he's been on the, the roster the last couple of years. Um, where does Gaines fit in with, with Vernon Scott and the safety roles uh, that we already kind of have solidified? He fits in as the other guy. I mean, the the third safety spot is wide open on this roster. Uh, no matter what anybody tries to tell you, there's no guy that I think is securely locked into that third role. Um, I don't think Vernon Scott has been that guy yet. I think that he has been um, underwhelming, to say the least. Uh, Tariq Carpenter has a shot at that spot, but Ennis Gaines has been around longer. He's been in the league longer. He knows more. Just He's more pro-ready from that standpoint. But we're high on Ennis Gaines because he's a guy that we've seen We've seen play at the NFL level, and he's also he's a good athlete. He's six one two zero two, so he's a little leaner than a guy like Tariq Carpenter, who's six three two thirty. Like Carpenter's just a tank of a human. He is going to lay he's going to lay some people out. He's fifteen pounds heavier than any other safety on the entire roster. So, but Gaines is a guy that 
can, even if he doesn't contribute right away in the defensive set, he's going to be a special teams guy because that's what he's done so far at the pro level. He's been able to do more than just be, he's more than just a guy that can, he's more, he's more than just a body. I, I think that Gaines is a good player. We've heard some good buzz about him through OTA so far and just whenever like that third safety spot has been an issue for a couple of years and it's wide open. Why? I don't see why Gaines can't take that spot. Well, Mike, I mean, you know, we talk about him competing for that third safety spot there. Um, you know, obviously being on the younger side, there, a little bit leaner, um, not going to be laying people out as Gage pointed out, but um, definitely somebody that if he can prove his worth on special teams, we know what special teams has been like for the Packers the last couple of years, so that's a great starting spot for him. And then if he's able to elevate himself into that third safety role, I mean, all the better, right? Absolutely, and, and you look at Gaines, him and Scott were teammates at TCU as well, so that's always a fun little thing. Gaines, he flashed last year. I was surprised he didn't make the team last year out of camp and that they were able to keep him on the practice squad. I thought he was the best of the three young safeties that were around between himself, Scott, and Henry Black. He really played well in the preseason, and he, he really shined in camp. I, I I couldn't believe that he wasn't on the 53. And there would be a little more competition this year with, with still fairly high expectations, it sounds like, from the coaching staff on Scott. A carpenter in there, but he's going to be more of that hybrid-type role. And trying to find that other safety, whether especially when they're going to move guys around like Jair into the slot more and Shamar John Charles, Keyshawn Nixon, all that, all those guys in the cornerback room. But Gaines is a guy where he's younger than Scott. Henry Black's not there anymore. He's still, again, only 23. And and with the with the stuff he's put on the practice field, he could be a guy, and like H.A., he'll play special teams. He's a guy who's going to, I think, has a good chance of carving out one of those bottom five or so roster spots and find a way to get on the field because I do think – his athleticism is there, and a lot of times, if you're a good football player, you're just going to be a good football player, and you will find a way to make your impact. And watching him last year, he always popped off the screen, and I know it's always at times a chore to watch some of the preseason games, especially in the third and fourth quarters when there's a bunch of guys who are going to be stocking shelves at Kroger the last week. No offense to Kurt Warner, but Gaines, he, he really... Yeah, that number was all over the field. And I, th- I think he's a guy where he could very easily become that third safety. Well, he definitely has a great, uh, great teammates around him to be able to learn from. I mean, Green Bay's f- starting five secondary right now is one of the best, if not the best in the league. So he's definitely got some great mentors around him. Being 23, being young, that's always helpful. So it'll be interesting to see where he uh, lands when the season starts. So uh, last one here real quick, and then we'll wrap up, guys. Um, Mike, probably the one that m- most people are familiar with, given that we decided to do somebody that wasn't maybe as well-known, uh, Romeo Dobbs, the, the rookie wide receiver this year. He's only 22 years old. It's a position that everybody in Green Bay is – on edge about whether it's uh, warranted or not. Obviously, losing Devontae Adams is um, very difficult to replace, but it doesn't mean that the offense is going to be, you know, 1960s football where it's just left, right, and straight up the middle. Uh, but he's impressed so far through what we've seen from him uh, in in camp. So um, 
obviously a name that people probably know a little bit about, but uh, and we obviously reviewed him with the uh, with the draft coverage. But as a rookie wide receiver, um, you know, what what, is, what do we like about him so far? What what's what's making him stand out in camp? Well, as Gage said earlier with Tyler Davis, Dobbs catches the damn ball. Uh, he is very sure-handed, at least he has been so far, whether he's catching it from Jordan Love or Kurt Banker in the voluntary OTAs. His tape, I really liked at, at Nevada. Uh, he was Carson Strong's go-to guy. Uh, the numbers are there. He's He's got, you watch some cut-ups on Twitter, also he's a, he's a pretty solid route runner, and for a mid-round pick, that's that's always a big thing to see, and and again, we haven't seen him with pads on yet in the, at the NFL level, so we'll see how training camp and the preseason goes with, with Dobbs. But I seem to, I wonder if he may end up being their top rookie receiver this year, because I think they're going to use Christian Watson more as uh, some of those gadget plays and have him be a little more, a little bit more of a different role. I think Dobbs may have a, a quicker path to getting some of those big time throws, especially if he consistently shows strong hands and willingness to go over the middle, make some of those intermediate catches. And if he, this, I think the future is extremely bright for him. I, I'm really, I was impressed with what the tape showed in college and what from hearing from OTAs. And he's got all the tools with his size and with his speed that he could be an impact player fairly quickly in this offense, especially one that's looking for that breakout receiver. We know what they're going to have in Lazard and Cobb. Uh, Amari Rogers are hoping he'll break out this year. That that role's there for the taking, and Dobbs, I think, is has a good chance as anyone of seizing it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, and it's interesting that you said that because I was going to ask Gage. I mean, you know, he was not the first receiver taken by the Packers. Obviously, that was Christian Watson. Um, but, you know, was taken, you know, in a, in a spot where you'd hope that he'd be able to contribute uh, pretty quickly. But uh, given this wide receiver room, you know, how quickly do you think that he can he can contribute on the field? Obviously, as Mike pointed out, this is another p- uh, position group that um, you know it's 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 open for the taking for a player like Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, and I mean, as Mike pointed out, that I pointed out, catching the ball is all that matters. And if you can do that, which uh, as a, I I'll say this, I loved I loved Christian Watson coming out. I loved him in college. I was on him two years ago before anybody, literally anybody else was. And so I'm not concerned about the drops that he's had so far, but he has had some. And even though Aaron Rodgers isn't the one throwing him the ball, I know that Aaron's paying attention. There's no, I have no doubt in my mind that Aaron is paying attention and he knows what's happening on a day to day basis. So he knows that Christian Watson has been struggling with drops here and there, but 
Dobbs has not been doing that. Dobbs has been going out and doing his job. He's 6'2", 204, so he's got – I like his size. He's He also played a couple of different roles really in his last two years at Nevada. In nine games, he had 58 catches for 1,002 yards in 2020. 17.3 yards per catch the following year, 11 games, 80 catches, 1,109 yards, 13.9 yards per attempt or per reception. So he was doing more of that intermediate kind of role. There's another guy that Green Bay has had in the past, um, who kind of had a role where he wasn't necessarily the deep shot guy. He wore number 17. That role needs filled. I'm not saying right now that that's what he's going to do. I'm not at all. That's not at all what I'm getting at. I'm not at all getting, oh, Romeo Dobbs is going to be, is going to be Devontae Adams. It's not what I'm going for, but I'm merely pointing out that there's a role that needs filled and we've seen Dobbs be able to play that role in college. He did, he did a little bit of everything and that's kind of what you need your wide receivers to do. I also want to point out that if I'm not mistaken, they're also in the same conference, Fresno State and uh, Nevada. They were both in the Mountain West. So, again, more similarities between him and Devontae Adams. Basically, Romeo Dobbs is going to be Devontae Adams by year two. Hey, you heard it here. Gage is saying that we've got the next Devontae Adams, so we can all we can all calm down. He's Hopefully been, not he's been replaced. Devontae Adams. Yeah, just not year two Devontae Adams is correct. Um, no, and he wears number 87, so Rodgers will like throwing to him because that's Jordy Nelson's old number. So just a lot of good karma go. going Romeo Dobbs' way right now. Yep, absolutely. A uh, one one side note too. That's that's our list of five players. Romeo Dobbs, uh, twenty two. We wanted to put Kurt Benkert on the list, but unfortunately, uh, Benkert, twenty six years old, did not qualify for the list today. So. Um, Love Kurt Benkert, but does not qualify. So, um, real quick, guys, we, we will, uh, wrap everything up here. Um, Mike, if people want to get in touch with you and follow your work that you do, how can they do that? Uh, you can find all my work on Twitter at Mike Wetland. It is all one word. I also do want to say a quick, uh, shout out to the Packers as, a, as an organization. They had their, their junior power pack clinic on Saturday before we recorded this. Uh, my nephew was there. He had a lot of fun. Uh, you couldn't stop talking about it. You got to meet Juwan Winfrey as well, which was really cool. So good on the team for doing that, having some players there, helping the kids run drills. Uh, Winfrey, Yash Nyman, Ty Summers, Cole Van Lannan, all guys who were there. So that was, that was really, really cool. So good on them. But for broadcasting work, uh, school season, school season starting to wrap up. Sectional baseball is actually coming up in just a couple of days time. So I will be broadcasting that on ZaleskiSports.com. Uh, doing sectional baseballs, maybe even state baseball or softball, and then American Legion ball this summer. But again, you can find all of that on Twitter at Mike Wendland. All right, engage. If people want to get in touch with you, follow your work. How can they do that? As always, you can find me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL, all one word. Uh, most of my written work, I've kind of taken a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a summer break in terms of uh, how much I've been writing, just because. I've just been a little, I've just been a little busy, been a little uh, worn out, kind of with baseball season wrapping up here. But I should be ramping up my content there uh, here in the next couple of weeks, and uh, all the links to whatever I'm working on, wherever I'm working on it, will be over on my Twitter. 
All right, awesome. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Uh, as I say though, uh, not a whole lot of content from my side. I don't use Twitter a whole lot. So, uh, but Mike Gage, as always, it's a great conversation with you guys. Um, starting June here. So we're slowly inching towards start of football. I think the last I saw were like 96 days away from, uh, from the opener. So it's coming. It's going to be, it's, we're getting closer uh, day by day. Before you know it, uh, it'll be July, and it'll be the end of July, and it'll be training camp, and preseason will be right around the corner. So we're slowly making progress. We're getting there. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy your summer, uh, and make sure that you are staying tuned right here to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Every day we'll keep you up to date on everything Packers all throughout the summer and into the season. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go! the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done